Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where I interview guests about their crazy, unique occupations or life experiences. I'm your host, Leslie Fear. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone. Today I'm joined with Molly Kasdan, and she is a master tarot card reader. She actually did my cards. She's also a psychic medium, and she's so fascinating. I can't wait to have you guys understand the kind of work she does. So welcome to my show, Molly. Well, thank you. I am so thrilled to be here and so honored to be on your podcast. I love listening to your podcast and I just can't believe that I'm a guest. It's so exciting. Oh, well, I tell you, I am mesmerized by your work. Um, I didn't ask for it, but you did a tarot card reading for me. The first one I've ever really had. People have like pulled a card for me here and there, but nothing like what you did. And I love how you did it. So can you explain to my listeners how you do your tarot card readings? Sure. Like any good person working with the spirit world, before I even start anything, I do a little bit of a ritualistic sort of reaching out to spirit guides. And basically, people always ask me, you know, how do you protect yourself? I don't really protect myself because to me, that's sending on a signal that I'm worried something bad's going to happen. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't really do a protection, but what I do is an invitation. And I tell spirit guides to come forward with information that will help the person I'm reading for on their journey moving forward and validate that the reading is for them. And that's pretty much what I start with. Okay. And then I pop on my video camera and I just go for it. I shuffle the cards. I let cards fall out as they may. I really am extremely intuitive as far as how I read. I don't have a specific layout. I don't have a specific number of cards. I just kind of run with it. Mm. And I put the cards out. And the way I look at tarot reading is it's like having a cartoon strip without the captions. Mm. Each card to me is part of that cartoon strip telling a story and I have to connect it together. And so people say, well, is that your imagination? Well, yes. But your imagination is your higher self, and that is your connection to the universe. So it makes sense. And so I just go ahead and, and run through it, and I talk to you like you're sitting right in front of me. And then I jump into some oracle cards after the tarot cards. And then in the end, you know, I kind of do a little wrap-up with a couple other pieces of information, and, and that's it. And then I send it off to you. And I've had a lot of people get uncomfortable with the idea that they're not doing it as a live Zoom for example. Um, but for me, and I think I mentioned this to you, I have an issue with electronics, which we can talk about later if you wish, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it has to do with what I do. So, but that's the basic, that's basically how I do reading. Right. And so guys, so what she said is it's a pre-recorded private YouTube session. And so you can keep it, share it, whatever, but it's just yours. And I, I can't believe how accurate she was. And it's, just, it's craziness because, you know, you don't realize the power you have when she can hone in on your energy. That's what's so cool about this because you don't have to be right in front of them. Even Mary Helen Hensley, my near death experiencer, I always refer to talks about things like this. All you have to do, it's all energy. It's all about intent and energy. So, you know, I found her on TikTok. I found almost everybody I know on TikTok. You guys know that already. And I love what you said just a minute ago about your imagination is really your higher self. Explain that because that actually rings so true to me. Yeah, I actually connected that just maybe about four or five months ago. It took me a while to get that through my mind because one of the biggest issues that people have when they start to get into intuitive work, first of all, everybody's gifted. It's just, you know, some people more than others and some more naturally than others. Yeah. But one of the problems that I run into and I hear from other people that want to do what I do is they're concerned that they're wrong. Um, we've been raised with self-doubt from day one. Mm. And so we often don't know, people say, well, how do I know if it's spirit or I know it's just my imagination? And I really dwelled on that for a long time. And I realized that, yes, your imagination, your brain doesn't just produce ideas. 
your brain is a lump of flesh, yeah, <laughs> so to speak, yeah, with yeah. folds and juices and all kinds of gross stuff in there. Um, it, it, it's in itself doesn't do anything. Your spirit connected to that brain does something. Right. And so anything that gets into your mind, whether it's the craziest idea, like a werewolf or a vampire, or it's an idea that, you know, to, to create electricity like Edison or something like that. It doesn't matter because it's being fed to you through another source. Yes. And that source is you. And some people call it God. Some people call it spirits. Some people call it higher power, whatever you want to call it. But in my opinion, and of course, this is my opinion, our imagination and spirit are the same. They are drawing from the universe information. Yes, and it's so interesting that you said that. And guys, she has Molly has a psychology degree. I think she knows what she's talking about. But another thing, too, when I wrote my Graveyard Watchman series, and I don't know if you've heard me talking about this in other podcasts, because I know you listen, and thank you so much for that. Um, it's about angels and demons. And when I was writing book one, Dominic is a angel, and he goes to the council, and they're higher beings, and they're in white cloaks, and it's about the holiest place he can go into, and it's all these things. But then I talk to near-death experiencers who see these kinds of people in their near-death. And I'm like, well, how the heck would I have known that? So it totally rings true to me. Right. And there's also, I'm sure you've talked about the Telpa effect, you know. Yes. Um, people will say to me, well, how come I saw Jesus when I died? What about somebody who's Jewish? Like, I grew up in a Jewish family. Right. Would I see Jesus? Probably not. Because that's not in my belief system that I would imagine that I would see him. Right. And I think when we transition into the next stage of our spirit world, we kind of manifest what we're expecting in some ways until we're comfortable. And then, you know, then we kind of figure it out like, yeah, this isn't really what I thought, but okay. And it is very possible Jesus could show up for me. I, I really couldn't say. But if he did, of course, I'm not going to go, well, I don't believe in you. Go away. Yeah, well, and you know, yeah, I believe Jesus walked the earth. You know, whether you think he was the son of God, that's your thing. But my thing is, too, every single thing that we do, everyone who dies, it is an individual experience how you die and how it affects you. You know, I think it does, you know, because every single person I talk to, there's one common core thing. It's all about love. But then they may go into a tunnel and never see anybody until the very end of their near death. And then they come right back and they see him for four seconds. Or they may see them immediately and they're like, why? I want to stay with you. Or they just are just floating in this beautiful garden and just talk to the trees. Yep. Yeah. And, and I think I mentioned to you that I had a near death experience when I was a child. And yes. I think that's what kind of set this off for me. Yes. And I was going to ask you about that. Tell me about it. I know. I don't know if you really remember that much, but tell me everything you remember. I didn't remember a lot most of my life because I think I kind of blocked it out yeah. because after it happened, that's when my ability showed up when I was only three. Wow. And when I tried to speak about it to adults, of course, you know, oh, isn't she cute? She has an imaginary friend. Isn't she mm. funny? You know, mm -hmm. she thinks she's talking to somebody. And then as I got older and really tried to express it, what's wrong with Molly? She must be mentally ill. Let's take her to the doctor. They thought something was wrong. And I spent my life that way. So going back to the incident, like I said, I, I didn't remember a lot of it for a while. But as I've begun a more, you know, focused spiritual journey, it has become extremely clear to me what happened. I remember it totally now, like I could be there in five oh, seconds, wow. remembering every detail. So I don't know how detailed you want me to get into it. If I get too far into it, you can tell me or you can edit it, I suppose. Oh, no, you go, you, you tell us what you're comfortable with, because I'd love to hear the story. I'd love to hear about it. it it's pretty interesting. Okay, so my grandparents lived in, in Ohio, and they had an indoor pool in their house. Mm -hmm. um, they had built their house custom. It was very interesting, mid-century modern. Mm -hmm. And they had a kidney bean-shaped pool inside this big, like, atrium-type thing mm -hmm. with these huge, tall ceilings with tall windows to the ceiling and all these big tropical plants all around it. You know, it was a very cool environment. Okay. And there was nothing we loved more than to go to my grandparents' house and swim. And one of the rules was don't go in the pool without telling them you're getting in the pool. Right. 
So I walked in the kitchen and said, hey, Granny, I'm getting the pool. Or I want to swim is what I said. And she said, okay, you know, after lunch. So we ate lunch and I went and got in the pool. (laughs) Very literal. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's very literal that way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I kind of knew how to swim wearing, you know, the water wings or the bubble around my chest or whatever, you know, those floaty devices. And, but I didn't know that that's why I didn't sink into the water. So I just walked in there and nobody saw me. And oh. as I walked down the steps and ended up in the water, I sunk immediately, of course. And as I was sinking, I realized something was wrong. Like it, it hit me like, oh, crap, crap. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. And I tried to scream. And when I did, all these bubbles came out of my mouth. Mm. And this bizarre thing happened at that very moment. And I swear to you, this happened. Suddenly, the water separated from my body and I was in a dry bubble. Wow. And when that happened, something told me to breathe in. And I took a big, deep breath. And right when I did that, all the water came flooding back in. And next thing I know, I'm sort of drifting down towards the deep end, which, you know, is a slope. But the weird thing was I was walking on the bottom of the pool downward into the deep end, which that makes zero sense because I was scared, right? Right. But I saw this hallway and it looked like it was safe. And at that point, I didn't even notice if I was breathing water or not breathing water or anything like that. It was just like I was in a different place now going down this hallway. And I saw this large kind of heavy, you know, big bosomed older woman standing there with her arms out. And so I walked towards her and, you know, felt totally safe. And, you know, I got over to her and she kind of put her arms around me for a second and just felt this euphoric love, safety, warmth, every positive feeling a human could have all in one second there, just at that moment. And I knew I knew her, but I couldn't figure out how. And she says to me telepathically, because this was weird. I could hear her voice in my mind. She wasn't talking, but in my mind. And I could hear her accent, which was funny. And she had this sort of Germanic, maybe Yiddish accent to me. Mm-hmm. And she says, no, no, little Molly, you go back. It's not time yet. And I was always really pretty good about stuff when an adult told me something. And right. I said, oh, okay. you know. And, and next thing I know, I am literally like almost plastered to the ceiling of the room that the pool is. And like I said, these huge vaulted ceilings looking down at myself being pulled out of the water by my dad and apparently my sister tattled on me (laughs) which was good (laughs) yeah and my dad in all of his clothes jumped in and saved me and it was probably all of 20 seconds I would almost bet you Okay. but I could see them pulling me out of the pool and I wasn't dead I was just choking and stuff so I that's why I have to say it's more like a near-death experience because I don't know that I actually died, or maybe I did for a second. Right. I didn't have to be revived, is what I'm saying. You left your so body. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it definitely felt like a heavenly experience to me, and I'm wow. going to trust that. So oh, yeah. um, I'm watching myself being pulled, and as at the very same time, I'm also in my body experiencing that while I'm also watching myself, which was very weird. Wow. And suddenly I'm in my body again. And it wow. felt like I got slammed back into my body. And that's what I remember. Wow. Is that when you gained your abilities at that point? Yeah. Soon after that. And of course, you know, when you're three, your memories are all jumbled and whatever. Uh, But I do remember laying in my bed and feeling a presence standing over me. And it felt like the same presence I saw in the pool Mm -hmm. checking on me. And then over time, I started seeing and feeling and noticing things all the time. And, oh, Molly's so sensitive. And Molly's got an imaginary friend. And, you know, uh, oh, isn't it cute? She's talking to the wall and you know, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. But as I got older, it got more intense because one of the things I'm sure you've probably heard from people that are developing abilities or tell their story 
sometimes if you don't really give it proper attention, it will start to kind of grow its own personality oh, yeah. and start really getting invasive. Yeah. And that's what happened in my life. It got to the point where literally everybody thought I was mental. I mean, it was not cool. <laughs> oh, well, and you didn't know how to handle it, too. I mean, think about it. You know, you weren't nurtured as a child with it. And then I understand now why you got the psychology degree. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say that's the whole reason I got into psych, because I was trying to figure out why am I doing it? Why do I keep hearing and feeling things that don't make sense to me? You know, why am I depressed when everything in my life's good? Right. Couldn't figure it out. And then, you know, some things started to happen that made me where I really had almost no choice. Wow. Okay. See, I love these. When you felt your whoever that was, your grandmother and ancestor, whatever, that love, that warmth, you know, people even yearn for it later. And sometimes they become depressed and they don't even realize it. And it's years later. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I could see that. Wow. Now, I did figure out who that was later on, about three years ago. Oh, and ever since I figured it out, it's changed everything. <laughs> it's been a game changer. Oh, really? So was it was it an ancestor or who was it? It is. Okay. It was my great great grandmother Yetta Henrietta she went by Yetta okay. but what's funny is when I discovered who she was there's actually a story on my YouTube called Lady of the Lake that explains this entire story but I was doing an exercise with another psychic medium trying to figure this stuff out and during that I met her again and oh, she wow. identified herself as Hancha oh, wow. and you know and I thought what a weird name so something gave me the idea to contact my mom after that experience. This was about three or four years ago. Mm -hmm. And I texted my mom. And I said, hey, you know, is there anybody in your family named Hancha? She says, oh, yeah, that's your grandma Yetta or Henrietta, right. your great-great-grandmother. But really? I said, why, why did she go by Hancha? Well, she was a German Jew. And in Yiddish, Hancha is like head of the household. Hancha, like the head Hancho. Oh, okay. Very uh, overbearing, kind of bossy and very funny, heavy set you know, Yiddish grandmother, mm, <laughs> who yeah. kind of bossy a little bit and kind of funny. And so she went by Hancha. Wow. I couldn't possibly know that. No, there's no, no, there's no way. I didn't know that. Yeah. No, there's no way. And let me ask you something. You know how when she said, no, 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 it's not your time, go back. Um, and I ask other psychics this too. Do you think that we are given exit points throughout our lives? I don't think so. Totally. Okay. Uh, kind of. Um, I think we have, and I think I even heard another psychic in one of your recent podcasts talking about this. Yeah. I think we have like goals that we sort of want to meet while we're here. Mm -hmm. And once we've completed those and we feel that fulfillment, I'm not saying it's true to everybody, right. but when we feel that fulfillment or we even feel that we, we just aren't getting anywhere, maybe. Right. It's sort of like, yeah, it's sort of like, you know, just like a rock band. Like how long are the Rolling Stones going to keep playing? There's going to come a point where, <laughs> right. <laughs> right? And I think that's kind of what happens to a lot of people now. And then people right. say, well, then what about babies? You know, like miscarriages, right. that seems, un yeah. that seems weird. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you've talked about this as well on your show. And I agree. I think sometimes just the experience that a spirit might want is just to see what it's like to be in the womb for a while. Yeah, I agree. I, I absolutely agree. And as far as the exit points, somebody had brought that up years ago and it always kind of stuck with me. And I don't know if it's because an exit point can come, but you can take it or not. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Like you have the opportunity if that is what you want. Like if there's going to be a car accident, you know, like I was in the car with my kids and I don't know how the heck I didn't hit this person. That could have been an exit point. I didn't. And all of a sudden I opened my eyes and she's so far ahead of me. There's absolutely no way she could have been that far ahead of right. me. So something right. stepped in and we're getting deep already. But I love this because I don't hear anybody else talking about these kinds of things on a podcast. And, uh, and I, I love that kind of thing. It makes you realize that why it's so important to really be true to yourself and not be afraid to be who you are yes. because 
and you're busy worrying about pleasing other people and doing what other people expect of you rather than what you really feel inside, you're missing those goalposts all the time. Like my life has been all over the map because I've ignored those instincts for so long. Yeah. And now I pay attention. It's like everything flows really well. <laughs> no, it does. And apologize. And you're so down to earth because when you're on your lives with, you know, however many viewers, usually it's over a hundred or more than that, sometimes 200. And it's, yeah. And it's, and it's a lot at one time. And there are some people that, you know, Oh, find your savior. God is King and all that. Um, and you handle them with grace. You handle them with love. There's no animosity. I think that rings so much truer for me that you're not just going to attack people because I've seen other psychics get very angry and then they just attack them back. I have. I learned my lesson. I did oh. in the beginning because I, I have a background in stand-up comedy oh, and I'm used well, to heckler. yeah. I, I'm used to hecklers and in the beginning I took great joy in it I would love it when trolls would come in there and I would make jokes and so yeah I used to get really shitty with people pardon my language uh, when they would do that yeah and one day I was on a podcast and my boyfriend walks by and he heard me do that and he actually says to me you know it's none of my business Molly what you're doing but uh you know you always talk about spreading positive energy and being a positive example and he says when you do that all you're doing is being angry people don't come to your life to get upset they come to your life to enjoy your energy right and wow <laughs> you know it also is too I think sometimes when you're really kind they'll stick around and maybe maybe just maybe change their mind maybe not all the way but maybe give you a chance because you can say, listen, this is nothing to be afraid of. This is not of the devil. This is nothing, you know, all and the that things. Happens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're calling you for a tarot reading and you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> yep. Actually that's happened a few times. I've had, especially males, males have a thing about this. I'm not sure why, but men are very doubtful unless they themselves are intuitive. They're very, very doubtful. And I'll get a lot of, tell me what my name is then. Tell me, you know, what I'm thinking right now. And I'm like, okay, really? Yeah. I'm not going to walk up to you, you know, your husband, if he's, an accountant and say, Hey, tell me what my taxes look like this year. I mean, really? <laughs> right. And what I say, look, I'm not here to prove myself to anybody. You know, I'm here. If you want to be here, be here. If you don't leave. You know, and that's so funny because once you let go of that energy and once you let go of just that heavy weight, um, you become better and so much more positive about everyone, including yourself. And it just, you know, it emanates from the screen, you know, everything, you look beautiful. She's beautiful, you guys. And and her readings, I tell you, are spot on. And like I said, I've had people pull my cards here and there and say a few things. That's not why I do this. I already told you that. Um, but you actually did it for me. And I got to experience what it was like, because I didn't have to be there. And you know me, I do audio only, I don't do video recordings with my interviewees, because I get too distracted. I'm going to look at your face and I'm going to look around and I'm going to wonder if you're, you know, if you heard me and all that. I, you know what I mean? People are like, you don't do Zoom. And I'm like, no, I don't do Zoom. Plus, I'm not going to pay for the stupid subscription when I could do it the way I do it the whole way all the time. And it works fine. Right. So <laughs> yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, is like people, uh, when I first started doing this, I did it free. I didn't charge anybody for, for 350 readings. It was all free. Wow. I was on disability. I wasn't allowed to earn money. Mm -hmm. I was learning, so I was only doing them for free, and I was putting my all into them, and, and a lot of those people are still my clients now, and they don't mind paying. The other thing I think in my mind, I've never really said out loud, I'll say it here, though, is I think Lego my ego, you know, because... <laughs> 
ego is a big, big problem for all of us, especially doing what I do. And I have tried to do the online readings and the online mediumship, you know, like through the lives. And people do it all the time. Some of my very favorite psychics and, and mediums on TikTok do that. And I have tried to do it. I am not good at it. And right. I feel like for me, it is too much of an ego thing for me because I worry about, am I going to be right? Do I look like a fool? You know, are people getting excited about what I'm doing? That kind of thing. I start overthinking what I'm doing. Right. That's not why I'm there. So I was on your live today and I know you're kind of skeptical, but you told me you saw, or you told us you saw a fairy. Tell me all about that. Yeah. So this last year or two has been extremely magical for me. Wow. The more and more that I've tapped into what I'm doing, the more and more stuff is appearing in my life. And Every time something shows up, I always start out going, whoa, that's weird. Like, really? Did that really happen? Yeah. And what is that? I mean, I truly do try to investigate. Like, do I think I saw that or did I really see that? You know, what is this? Yeah. So we were renting a room from a friend literally a few blocks from where we live now. And there's some woods behind his house. And I was just sitting out there relaxing or something one, one afternoon. And there was some dragonflies. And I'm watching them. And I'm like, oh, cute. You know, whatever. And then this dragonfly came towards me. And I thought, oh, it's spirit guide. Yay. You know, yeah, cool. Yeah. I'll say hi to this dragonfly. And it comes right up, floats in front of my face. And I'm noticing his body is so wide for a dragonfly, like almost a bird size. I'm going, what's wow. the deal with this? I'm thinking, well, that is a big dragonfly. But I am in Georgia. So who knows, right? And <laughs> <laughs> humidity produces giant insects oh, yeah. so dragonfly floats in front of me and i realize it's got a dang face and it looks like an alien i kid you not it looks like a gray face like a gray alien face oh, my. like the face was probably about the size of maybe a penny maybe smaller than a penny and you know the body was sort of that you know sort of like a, an upside down long raindrop shape but there were feet and there were fingers that look long it looked yeah. like a mini alien, seriously, wow. with wings. And wow. I, I almost never tell anybody this. I know people go, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, you, I don't know if you know this, but... Anybody no, now the whole world knows, but okay. And I don't know if you know this, but I had a fairy expert on my podcast uh, several episodes ago, and she lives in England near Sherwood Forest, and she sees them all the time. Well, I think there's a seed of truth in any myth or tale. Otherwise, where did it come from? Right. And as I said before, looping back to the idea that our imagination is also our higher self, and we are tapping into you know Akashic record or, or the universe or whatever you want to call it. I think. Yeah, fairies probably do exist. And even though we've been made to believe they don't, uh, that's just a belief. And I believe that maybe because I'm more open, that's why I saw it this time. Maybe I've seen 100 fairies and didn't realize it. Right. Well, and you know, I, I don't know if you saw the video. I think it was like on YouTube. The kids were like in the trees and this big fly thing comes and it does look like exactly what you described. It literally looked oh, like that. Yeah. yeah, I'll have to maybe I'll find it and send you the clip because I was like, I, it looked so crazy looking. And it was I think it was in England. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, you're right. I think you believe everything. You believe nothing. It's one of those things. I kind of have to see it to yeah. believe it, too. I'm like yeah. you. Yeah. So gosh, it's you know weird about yeah. the fairy, though. I will tell you as an intuitive generally if something like that shows up in my presence I feel something whether it be cold hot weird funny loud you know I feel an emotion or I feel a physical sensation I felt nothing really? so I never did figure out what that was all about 
And maybe that's one of their special powers is cutting off energy or something. I don't know. Wow. Okay. No, I don't know that part, but got to ask you this. So tell me about divination stuff and Ouija boards. And have you ever felt like evil spirits? Have you seen, you know, bad things? A lot of people I interview, that is not in their realm because they don't deal with those things. So they don't necessarily believe in the demons. I know that there are evil things. So tell me kind of what your take is and all that. Well, as I said to you before, I believe, yeah, there's evil. I mean, you know, there's nice people and not so nice people. And and there's nice spirits. There's not so nice spirits. But I think generally most spirits are kind. And the thing I think you know that for spirit to communicate with us effectively, it takes a ton of energy. And so I really believe evil spirits are lurking around looking for opportunities to bother you because the likelihood is if you're a very positive person and you're setting very positive intentions, it's too much work for them to try to get through you. Right. They don't want to deal with a nice fabulous, happy person. They want to deal with somebody who's depressed and down and not happy or somebody who's already afraid and already scared because that's an easier entry for them because their frequency matches, right? Because we're all frequencies. So so I have used every form of divination and I do have a Ouija board. I do actually do Ouija board examples. And the thing with the Ouija board, this is a great example. And I think, again, I, I think somebody's talked about this with you before. I did have a bad experience with a Ouija board when I was young, which I think most people have. Oh, really? Um, yeah, when I was... 14, just about to start high school, we were at a slumber party, which is generally when this happens, you know, or friends or whatever. And a bunch of us girls played with the Ouija board. And when we did it, we asked it questions we shouldn't have been asking, Mm, you know, like who's going to die next and, you know, things that really don't ask things you don't want to know. Right. And, you know, during the time we're using Ouija, nothing seemed that terrible. But a couple days later, one of the people that the Ouija board said was going to die did. (gasps) And it was very upsetting because I saw this person about 10 minutes before it happened. He actually came by my house and offered to take me on his motorcycle. And I said, no, I'm in trouble. And I didn't go with him. And about, you know, half an hour later, he was killed on the motorcycle. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so we were all freaked out. So that's that's one whole other story. But anyway, I hadn't really touched one since. Not because I was afraid of him, although I'm sure that didn't help. I I just never had one around. You never saw one and, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so... When I started doing this work, I really wondered about that again. Mm -hmm. And one day, one just appeared in my mail. What? I don't know who sent it to me. (laughs) Okay. I just started doing what I do. It's obviously somebody who had my address. So I'm guessing it was one of my friends. I I suspect it was my best friend. Okay. Um, Because I had mentioned during a podcast something like, yeah, or not podcast, uh, a live. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I I really feel like I should revisit the Ouija board. I think I I gave it, I didn't give it a fair shake. You know, I need to look at it and see what it's all about. Right. And so, you know, I pull it out of the box. It's a board with numbers and letters and a planchette made out of balsa wood. Big deal. Right. Right. And I realized, like, the board in itself and the planchette itself doesn't do anything. I mean, it's it's just, it's a toy. I mean, it's nothing. It doesn't mean anything. And so what I did is I actually made a Ouija board out of a piece of cardboard and an upside down cup. And I played with that and it worked. Wow. So that proved my point. It's yes. not the board itself. It's no. the person using the board. Right. No, it is. And so it, I realized this is all, again, intention, belief, where we're coming from. Just like if you give a child a gun and the safety is on, that doesn't mean that they're not going to jiggle the safety or point it in their face or do something harmful with it because they don't understand it. 
Right. And well, the thing is, I've talked about this before. If you decide, let's talk about dark things and let's pull in some bad stuff, the universe will give it to you. Yeah. And see, what happens is when you're communicating with spirit, you know, spirit is matching a frequency. Like you said, oh, how, you know, how can somebody read me? They only know my first name and I'm 10,000 miles away and she's doing it on a recording. How does she even know it's me? Right. Right. But you have, as soon as someone contacts me and I'm not conscious of it, there's a particular frequency that person and that person alone has, just like your DNA. Right. Um, so I know that my intention is to tune into Leslie, and now I know your last name, but if I didn't, this Leslie that contacted me, I am tuning into her frequency and any frequencies associated with her. Right. And if you are in a bad place, so if you are dealing with depression, if you are in a bad mood, or if you just got in a fight or any of those things, and even I listened to your podcast the other day, I think it was Christina, I think, was talking about poltergeists, yes. which I she actually enlightened me a lot on that. You know, that energy will match. And so if I'm doing a reading for you and I'm in a horrible mood and I, and I just got in a big fight with somebody or whatever, I might very well pull in a spirit that's not so kind because it's mm-hmm. easy for them to communicate with me at that point because our frequencies are so similar. Makes sense. Oh, yeah. So I always tell people that if you're doing this work and I had to figure this out and you're having a bad time or not feeling good physically or anything like that, don't do readings. Hold off. Well, and you've told people that in your lives, you're like, listen, you know, if if we have a scheduled meeting or whatever, or scheduled time, and I'm not feeling it, I will reschedule with you. I will not do it. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. And one of the B words, so you heard me, I have a B word. It's block. I don't like it when people say I'm blocked. Yeah. I know. Well, they say it, then they are. You know what I mean? You're, well, all you can think of is a brick wall. Right. And if you yeah. keep saying that, your visualization is pretty darn strong on that word. Absolutely. Okay. So because you are psychic in your medium, but specifically a psychic, are you able to kind of hone in on what's going on in the world? Are you able to, okay, can you kind of predict what you think is going to happen in the next six months in our world? I often have, actually, um, and I journal. I've been journaling for, God, like 30 years, maybe. I I don't even know what will happen if somebody ever, if I die and somebody finds my journals, but... I've been documenting stuff since I don't know when. And so, yeah, I have journals that I recently, as we unpacked, found and opened up randomly and saw things that have occurred that I forgot that I wrote down. Really? Um, And even some of them I sketched out. And so the Ukraine-Russian war, absolutely, I knew about almost three years ago. I didn't realize I knew about it, but I drew pictures and it's crazy. The pandemic, I absolutely predicted. This was a weird one. Really? Yeah, this was really weird how this all came about. Okay, so this is one of my abilities were starting to build and I was starting to learn and mm-hmm. and I really didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't know where I was going. Sure. That's part of the reason I like doing my lives is to give people that space to ask questions. I had no one to ask. Right. And so I had a vision or a dream or whatever you want to call it. It was a vision that... I was told to tell all of my friends, please don't go to Disneyland. There's going to be a bioterroristic threat in a large public place. Like they're going to release something that's going to make everybody ill. And I was telling people, I don't know why I think this, stay away from Disneyland. And I used to work at Disneyland and I I don't have an issue with Disneyland. Everybody's like, oh, that's stupid. What are you talking about? And this was back in... I don't know. It, it was before anybody even knew what COVID was. Okay. And, and I said, I think like they're about to unleash something. And everyone thought, okay, yeah, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, know. I said, well, at least I said something. If I'm crazy, great. If I'm not, at least I said something. Right. Well, then that Halloween of 2019, 
Uh, we were putting away all of the decorations and so forth, and I had a rubber bat. And for some dumb reason, I decided I was going to hang it from my rearview mirror. Uh-oh. So I threw the bat and hung it in my rearview mirror, and I named her Rona. And oh, you did not. <laughs> I, I did, and I really had no reason to name her that, except for I thought of Rona Barrett, which I'm sure nobody well, no, remembers no, I unless you yeah. Um I don't know why in my mind she had this weird voice, you know, that I, I like Rona Bellet, you know. <laughs> so yeah. I would get in the car and say, Hi, Wona Bat, you know, and just oh my joke God. about it. So the bat is still in my rearview mirror, by the way. And so there was that. And at the time, obviously, I didn't connect that. And the reason I bring that, if people don't know this, they were attributing the virus yes. to bats, leading bats. That's the derivative. Right. That's where they think they come from, where it originated. Right. Yes, absolutely. So there was that. So then when around February of 2020, when they started to actually start to talk about it a little bit and say, yeah, this might be a problem. The first public place that got shut down was China Disneyland. Oh, my gosh. At least that's when I knew about it. And I went, whoa. Oh, man, girl. <laughs> you know? What? And sure enough, friends were calling me going, oh, my gosh, <laughs> you said something about this. You know, uh, obviously, I wasn't totally accurate, but uh kind of blew my mind a little bit. You know, and you know, who would have thought, let's be honest, how would you have known? How would anyone have known we were going to have a pandemic? I mean, how would anyone have known that? So I can understand why you didn't piece the two together. So what else have you predicted? Or do you, can you predict anything now? Well, the thing is, they always come through to me so randomly. Yeah. And I don't know why. So one was I had been saying for over a year now, and, and anybody that knows me knows I've said this, that I felt that there was going to be a public political figure that was going to be assassinated out of the blue oh. for no particular reason. And all it is doing is distracting everybody. Sure enough, what was the prime minister or, or ex prime minister of, of Japan, Japan the other day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. And that was one. Uh, the other one was, and this happened on live, and people remember it that watch my live. I had a vision of a bridge collapsing and I described the bridge and, you know, there were cars on it and I explained it, it kind of looked like the San Francisco bridge, but it wasn't that big. And, right. and three weeks later, the Pittsburgh bridge yeah. collapsed. Oh my gosh. I didn't even know about it until I was on the live and people were jumping on my live going, Oh my gosh, Molly, you predicted this bridge falling apart. And so then I looked at it on the news and I was like, Oh, that is the bridge. That's the one. Oh Holy mackerel. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. So, yeah. so the most recent one. Uh oh, here we go. <laughs> and two of them, and unfortunately, unfortunately, they're disasters. I wish they weren't because normally, you know, I'm very positive. Well, sure. I don't like getting these negative things, but for whatever reason, I'm picking them up. So there were two that came up. One just happened, and one I think might be related. One was I said about three, four weeks ago, something like that. I turned to Jeff here. We're sitting here and I got this weird feeling. I said, Jeff, there's going to be another huge shooting. And he says, well, they're every week. I said, no, this one's going to be during the 4th of July. It's going to be a very public event. I even said it on my live. I said, and I feel like it's going to be a lot of families and friends. I go, it could be amusement park. It could be an arena. I don't know. It's like some kind of a, you know, obviously it's July 4th. I go, some type of celebratory thing where people are just so not going to expect it. They're focused other things and then that parade thing happened so there was that yeah oh my gosh so then the other one that came recently was i dreamed that they tried to attack the eiffel tower uh they were trying to someone's trying to blow up the eiffel tower now that as far as i know has not happened right however the, the georgia stones happened shortly after i predicted that i don't know if that's related at all 
but that's the last one I came up right. with. Wow, that so is incredible. We're going to have, I did predict food shortages too. That was another one. And I said, it's not because we really are short of food. That This is distraction. Okay, so what do, you, what do you mean? Who do you think is trying to distract us? Is it uh, the government? Is it politicians? Is it the medical field? What do you think it is? I think it's everything. I think it's everybody in power right now mm. is just keep shifting our um, focus. If you notice every week, there's a flavor of the week in the news. Even if you don't watch the news, you still know about it. Right. If it's not one thing, it's another. If it's not, you know, oh, all of a sudden we don't have baby formula, which, by the way, they can they can come up with a vaccine in less than a year, but they can't come up with, you know, more baby formula for everybody. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I'm not saying that any of the causes that people are talking about don't have validity, and I'm not saying what side I'm on. I don't care. Oh, yeah. But, you know, whether it be BLM or LGBTQT or it be, you know, abortion rights or whatever, I don't care what it is. But the point is everybody is like me with my ADHD. They're like the crow looking for the shiny bauble, you know. Everybody keeps oh, yeah. shifting their attention around while the Wizard of Oz is behind the curtain playing games. That's what I think. Well, you know what, too, Molly? I think a lot of people are really scared right now. I think the world right now is a really scary place. And I'm not trying to make everybody upset and fearful or anything, but I do. And I think if you just... I have to turn the news off sometimes because I love knowing what's going on in the world, even if it's good or bad or whatever. But sometimes even I, I just step away. I work on my podcast. I do things with my husband, whatever. We go to the country, whatever. Because guys, it'll start affecting you. And and it was starting to kind of make me a little sad here and there every single day seeing all the horrible things. And that's just what we know about. We can't do anything to change it, we feel like. And you just, you feel, yeah, it's a hopeless thing. And so when I see your lives and you're so positive and lovely to people, and I know you say you weren't always that way and we all evolve, we all learn. But the fact that, you know, you're going to catch more flies with honey, all the things, all the little cliche things you want to say, it's just true. It's just true that you're going to attract and maybe change someone's mind. And that's hopefully what I can do with this podcast, because I get people emailing me and we talked about this before we started recording. I've had people say, you're helping me so much. And I'm like, how am I helping you? And obviously, it's not just me. It's the people I have on, let's be honest. But I'm trying to spread awareness to where we don't have to be afraid of people that can predict. We don't have to be afraid of people that do things like this, tarot card readings, mediumship, whatever, for a living. We don't have to be afraid of that because God gave us these abilities. God gave us this, and we all have them to some degree, whether we want to use them or not. I, I really am a big believer in that. Right. I 100% agree. And I, and I do think that people, and this isn't my phrase, you know, false evidence of anything real. I mean, yeah. you know, fear... But fear also is we don't understand it, so we're afraid of it. And that's a natural instinct. We're supposed to be afraid of things we don't know. One of my people I just interviewed, she lost her son. And her son can talk to her from the other side. She did not believe this crap. She's a scientist. She was like, what the heck? My son is talking to me. Am I losing my mind? Right? Well, and so they got into this conversation and she started believing in everything. And and she said, I wish I wasn't so fearful. I I wish I wasn't so mad about everything. He goes, that is what is keeping the world together. You know, you would not be alive if you didn't have the ego of having fear or or being happy or being afraid or being elated or whatever it is. That's what keeps us going. We have to have those because we're human. Yeah, that's I like that. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I never thought about it like that. And it's so true. So guys, whatever you're feeling, it's okay. We're human. We're supposed to. This place is hard. This place is hard. Yeah, we picked the Princeton of lessons, you know. <laughs> We're going to Harvard at this point. This is not easy. We're getting our PhD Um, for God. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, and oh, that made me think of something. Oh, that was something I heard, and I don't remember who said it or if I made it up. I probably didn't make it up. Uh, I've been saying lately, you know, proclaim instead of complain. Yes. You know, because complaining is not getting you anywhere. No. And like I said, I literally could talk to you for three hours, but I know you got to go. So listen, I want you to tell everybody where they can find you, all the things you can do for them, what they can expect, everything. Sure. Well, first of all, I go by Miss Molly Knows, M-I-S-S-M-O-L-L-Y-K-N-O-W-S on all social media, Instagram, Twitter. I don't use Twitter very much, honestly, you guys. Facebook and TikTok. TikTok's my main platform for whatever reason, and that's a whole nursery. story. Um, but I will never contact you. Let me first say, I will never contact you for a reading, except for like I did with you, because I wanted to give you an example. Right. I am not going to ask people for readings. I do have a waiting list. I don't need to do that. That is definitely a scammer, and there are a ton of them. So you guys be aware. Right. Just a little trick. Look and see how many followers the person has before you agree to talk to them, because yes. I have a lot of followers, and my fakes don't. So you'll know by just looking. Right. The reason I have a website is that for your safety. I want you to contact me through my website, MissMollyKnows.com, so you know for sure it is me. You are not getting somebody pretending to be me. Right, That's right, the first thing. Right. Secondly, I have started a campaign, which you are welcome to edit out if you wish, okay. uh, but I want to mention it because you were talking about us all sort of trying to help each other, sure. uh, called the Penny for Your Thoughts Project. I don't know if you saw that yet. I have. Okay. So the idea is to kind of spread a positive energy of manifestation through something that's seemingly unvaluable and make it have value and teaching people to think along the lines of you can have what you want. And then with my psychology background, it's been extremely interesting because what I put out to people was, if you want me to send you a penny and I I really prefer people in the United States, please. (laughs) They want to charge me a lot to send them to Canada, 25 bucks. But tell me what it is you want to manifest, and I will send you a penny from my spirit penny collection, meaning pennies I found over the years that spirits have left for me, and I will send you a little note. So I send them a card with a penny and a couple of fun goodies. But what is interesting is when people are sending me their request, they're saying things like, I just want to win the lotto, or I just want to be able to pay my bills, or I just want to, I just want to. And I'm saying, wow, I literally just handed you the genie's lamp and said, tell me what you want. And you're settling for what you think you can have. Right. Or you're asking for somebody else. Like, no. (laughs) So what I'm doing is is actually coaching people and saying, look, I want to know more about this house you want. What does it look like? Where is it? You know, how many bedrooms? Is it on the beach? Is it on a lake? You know, do you have a a bidet that dries your butt? I mean, what do you want? Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Tell me what you want for real. And then I write it in the card in the way that I want them to proclaim it in the right wording. And I have had probably, I've probably sent out about 40 of them so far. And I have gotten six responses from people that said, the day I got your penny, that thing I asked for happened. Oh my gosh. I'm blown away. I'm like, wow. But you know, it's that positive. Now, is this something that you accept donations for? Is this just something you're doing just because you want to spread good energy? Just doing it. Wow. That's amazing. I send me a a book of stamps. That'd be great. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'll take that. (laughs) Um, And yeah. And if you're in another country, uh, I think what I'm going to do, and I'm trying it with somebody today, actually, instead of me spending $25 to send you a a penny, which I would love to do, but I really can't. I tell them we're going to do a virtual version of this. So what I do is I go ahead and give them all the information over the internet and I ask them to find a coin and hold the coin and repeat the mantra I give them and think about it. And I will too. And that's how they're getting a virtual penny. Nice. Because it's the same thing, you know, energy, like 
I've said so many podcasts now because now I know what Alfred uh, Einstein have said. Uh, You know, (laughs) energy never dies. It just changes form. Yeah, it always is, always will be. Yeah, Yeah, just like, guess what that sounds like? God, wow. Uh, yeah, but, but I loved hearing your stories and I may have to have you back on for maybe a prediction show because I do predictions sometimes during uh, the latter part of the year. So maybe you could even pull some cards for the world for us and we can do another, another. Yeah, I'd love to have you back on because you, you need to be my tarot card girl. So, um, I've, uh, yeah. <laughs> So I think I think I've just branded you my tarot card girl because you have been amazing. And Molly, thank you so much for being on my podcast. Oh, my gosh, this has been so much fun. I have really enjoyed it. I absolutely love to come back anytime. Well, I love providing because I want to know at no cost. So if you like what you heard, please leave me a five star review or you can just buy me a cup of coffee. It's kind of like a Patreon, but you don't have a monthly subscription and you can give whatever you feel led to give. I am a one woman show and I do all of my scheduling and my interviewing and my editing. So just know your support is so greatly appreciated. And one more thing, I am a paranormal romance novelist and you can find all of my books on Amazon. Just look up my name. I'm very easy to find. Thank you guys again and I will see you next week.